Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Better never rest. What is up, everybody? It is the Georgia Show in the a.m. Thursday morning, 8.49 a.m. Rusty Mansell and I are with you right now. Got a lot to talk about, man. I, I, I got that radio programmed in me from yesterday, the the telling the time and all that stuff. Maroos and I did the Bill Shank show, and I uh, got used to every segment, you know, doing the, radio, doing the time, so that kind of just flowed right out. But what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah. Coffee. I need to just pour it straight in my eyes. So yeah, sleepy man. I don't know why. I guess this is weather terrible. It's raining. It's supposed to rain all week. I'm 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 done. I'm done with January. I'm Me done. too, man. I'm done. I'm done. We 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 can move on. Yeah, January has been something else, and. It's, it's always crazy. This weather, man, it does the same thing to me. It makes me want to sleep. I went to bed like 9.30 last night, and mm. I woke up tireder than I have all week long. I woke up just so sleepy. Like, I, man, I need to go back to bed. Um, yeah. But you can't. It never rests. And, okay. man, I, I tell you what, Rusty, I look back in, in the contact period. Tomorrow will be two two weeks since the contact period opened. So, mm. it's you know, so let's say 13, 14. This is the 14th day it's been open. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart has been on the road for 12 of those days, day, excluding Saturday and Sunday of last week whenever he was kind of in town. It, it blows my mind. It blows so, my mind how much he's been on the road. So we had him yesterday. We had him in North Carolina. We had him in South Carolina. Uh, and then, obviously, he's on TV last night sitting front row at the basketball game. Yeah, so, right. I mean, just think about, think about a day like that and traveling and – seeing people and seeing kids and, and, um, so yeah, it's the one thing I'll say about Kirby, man, the dude is wired, um, different. And, and I think that, you know, everybody I talk to that works for him, like he, he, listen, the guy can't work a green egg. Guy don't cut grass, but, uh, the dude, the dude, the dude recruits and it, he never, he never stops. Never. Oh, that's funny. Guy don't know how to work a green egg. Okay, there's no there's no way for Kirby Smart's contract, there's no way he could start it, light it, and get the uh the offset plate in yeah, there. Right. Get that get that heat deflector no in there. Oh no way, no way. Let me ask you this. If you take the Georgia staff, well, we got 10 on the field guys. Yeah. 10 on the field guys, and you had to pick two. They could log in and play and pay their p- cable bill within one hour. <laughs> <laughs> which which ones would you take? I'm taking I'm taking Todd Hartley off the top because Todd's I'll, young. He's a, you know he probably doesn't really remember a pre-internet era like Mike Bobo and and, yeah, and Kirby yeah. and those guys do. I'm like taking Kirby Todd Hartley off the top for sure. Yeah. 
I would probably take Stacy Searles. Just okay, okay. I would I would take Searles because we're we're about the same age. We grew up the same. I I believe Searles in one hour could log in and pay his cable bill. The rest of them, they have they have no chance. No way. (laughs) That's funny. No way. That is yeah. That's that's a good point, man. That's a good point. Is you know and and listen, you probably a little less so than me because you do have a lot going on. Like I I mean. You know, I'm a little bit of a stay-at-home husband in some ways. You know, like I, so it I, that's real foreign to me because I pay a lot of the bills and I take care of a lot of stuff because I'm on the internet all day. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that that cracks me up though. That's a really good point. I think Todd Harley can handle it. I I, I think he, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I Hartley Hartley's he's younger now. It's gonna yeah. take some. It's gonna take some experience to dial that one eight hundred number. To say, hey, this is me dialing in. And I'm trying to change that password. That's true. That's true. Yeah, password. That's the that's the hardest part is getting the damn password. You know. So uh, yeah, I'll go, with Searle. I'd go with Searle. I'd go with Searles, and I'd probably go with Dale McGee. I feel like my man. Yeah. Dale, I feel like Dale's. I feel like Dale's handled that Direct TV payment a couple of times. Dale Dale probably tracks it. Like he's probably yeah. got a little spreadsheet that he tracks like it. Like, it. hey, listen, listen, that thing went up twelve cents last month. Okay, we need to get this fixed. Zero, um, zero point zero chance Kirby Smart could pay a, pay a cable bill within one hour. Zero, and that's because man, like you know, listen to to whom much is given, much is expected. And well, he's wired. He's wired to recruit now. And they, they make a lot. They well, they make a lot of money, and they know their livelihood depends on that. And they and listen, it's a it's a philosophical thing. It's not rare. Okay, I'm not sitting here saying it's rare that a coach places a giant emphasis. <laughs> recruiting everybody knows how much recruiting means some programs live for it like some programs you know just you're like man listen this is there's nothing more important during during certain times of year than recruiting and it's always one of the most important things sometimes it's the most important thing all the time it's one of the top two or three more most important things you've got going on and that's what makes georgia recruit the way it does it's listen it take this special um, most engaging, kind, sweet human being you've ever met to recruit well. It takes an, a relentless effort and drive to do it. And listen, Kirby's got it in a way that that just so many people don't. Oh, dude, it's, he, he is. I would say that I don't know a better. I don't know a head coach that gets after it like he does. I'm talking about involved phone calls, like you said, helicopters. You know, and, you know, as far as I know, I think he was the first one in Georgia doing that. And think about the efficiency of a helicopter and not sitting in traffic and how many schools you can hit. And uh, he was an alpha recruiter in Alabama. You know what I mean? Like this was this was a guy that, listen, he won the Rashad Evans. If he ever writes a book, the Rashad Evans is what I want to read. Like, how did he get a five star from Auburn High School that it was their number one guy? And Tim Auburn Watson, legacy, I believe Auburn legacy. I mean, yeah. he goes in there and it's Kirby smart versus Rodney Garner for the number. And Oh, by the way, he wound up being a first round draft pick. So not bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the story is they had a Saturday night deal and you had to be out there at 1159 and Kirby smart was sitting in the, sitting at the door. He was not walking out that door until it was 1159 and he wound up getting the guy, but 
you know, it started for Kirby. It started, you know, the Ruben Fosters and the, you know, Kirby. A lot of people, Kirby's the one that signed Alvin Kamara. I mean, he, yeah, he was, he was that's, that's the one I was going to bring up. Is is yeah. it's the way he jumped across. I mean, you know, him and Bobo had this kind of thing back in that day that that was kind of similar in that Bobo recruited defensive backs and Bobo signed offensive linemen and defensive. Well, you, had a, you had an area. You had an area back yeah, then. Yeah, you had an area, but but yeah. you still saw mostly guys kind of gravitating toward their position if you had an area it was it wasn't common brian mcclendon did the same thing brian mcclendon signed isaiah win you know i mean he yeah. brian mcclendon yeah. you know got he got defensive backs shawnee michelle yeah but it, guys outside of his position in his position still you know it was it was but kirby man the way he was able to just constantly kind of go out of state and do it was was wild i mean it was it was wild they basically they put kirby in georgia and said, this is, you've got it, you know, and um, he did a, he did a, he was a thorn in Georgia's side, no doubt. But the, um, you know, if I ever write a book to Malcolm Mitchell last probably 36 hours of that one, uh, those guys all camped out down there and trying to find out where Jay Rome and Malcolm Mitchell were going to go. That was, a, that was a fun one, but Kirby yeah. Smart, Kirby Smart was there. Isaiah Crowell, Georgia, you yeah. know, you know, they won that one and Kirby was in that thing to the last very second, basically. So, that's where he's wired. That's where it comes from. I've talked to a lot of people that have worked for Kirby Smart and um, watched a lot of people that have worked for Kirby Smart. And so this dude to text you at 1 a.m., man, going, hey, what's the deal on this kid? And, you know, like 4 a.m., he's like, yeah, I'm still waiting. You know, like, what's wrong with this dude? But never, never a day off. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing to me is is everybody, they – they try to make it a fault. Like you try to deal with it. And, you know, if you're an opposing fan, you see it a lot of times, all he cares about is recruiting and getting talent and, you know, they won't get coached up at Georgia. Well, I mean, sorry, they do. Uh, the, the championships and the NFL draft kind of prove that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you want great players. Listen, if you're, if you're an Alabama fan or a Tennessee fan or, or, a, or a South Carolina fan or whatever, don't fool yourself, man. You're not going to be up there at competing for it every single year if you're not recruiting at an extremely high level. Now I know Michigan and Clemson are some are a little bit of outliers. Like they they didn't land the number one class, I don't believe, or, or you know they haven't sat there and had that. But but the other everybody else has had like a top two class within their kind of that window of winning a national championship for like the past 10, 15 years. Well, so, those schools, I mean, those schools you're talking about here's a common denominator. You look at Michigan and Clemson when they were good, they had really good quarterbacks and really good quarterbacks and, and senior led teams, like teams that retained yeah. players and kept them around for four or five years. Absolutely. Uh, Rhett Dallas says, do you think you guys think Kirby has a physical and mental strength to be Nick Saban and coaching his sixties? No, Kirby Smart's not doing this in 12 years. Uh, and that's, that's my opinion. But so if he did it 12, that would put him eight, that put him 20 years. With this particular uh, schedule, and 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 what's on these guys, there's there's slim chance that Kirby Smart's doing this in twelve years. And then I do think it's going to change, though. Like I, I mean, I I do think it's going to change because I think there are these guys that these guys want to do it. Like I think they want to do it, and they want to. One thing I do appreciate about Kirby Smart, and and listen, this man has been. This man has has snipped at me and Palmer and everybody else in press conferences. So I mean, I got. I've yeah, got, I've got I've got no reason to sit here and be like you know to 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 kiss the ring on the guy, but um, one thing I do really admire about him is I I do genuinely believe he cares about the sport 
and he wants the he wants to be part of the solution to this whole thing. And I think that he's a guy that now with Nick Saban out, you start to look and see who can kind of throw some weight around, who's got a big voice in that room. And Kirby's one of the guys. So I thought about that. You know, Saban would always use SEC Media Day to deliver a message to rules and all that kind of stuff. And you know, Kirby's message at SEC Media Days, we you we all know that we're going to know what the offseason theme was for his team. And you mm-hmm. know. He, always says it there and we kind of know when he says what well, better never rest uh we kind of knew that was the theme and then we're you know the year before we're gonna hunt you know we're not gonna be the hunted at georgia we knew that was the theme but i do believe kirby smart's gonna have a different message this time because number one sec media days is in dallas texas it's gonna be a lot of eyes around the country because now you're gonna have texas and oklahoma represented there it's gonna be a, a even a bigger platform and I think that Kirby understands that he's got he, he's going to have a piece, just like you said. He, he's going to have a large mouthpiece in this. But I, I can tell you right now, if it, it, you know, I'm not speaking for Kirby Smart. I'm not speaking for all these other coaches. But if they don't find a way to make some changes, it's not as easy as going to the NFL. But it is as easy as saying, I'm done. I'm stepping away. Because these guys, you know, they've made some money and they've been there and at some point, it's not it's not worth it. So, for the game of college football, we all love it. Everybody loves it. Um, I'm a hundred percent in a, in uh, these kids need to get paid and get a percentage of this thing. Uh, I do think it needs to be a cap, and I think the NIL window has got to be shrunk down. It needs to be stipulations. If your head coach leaves, you get two weeks. And um, you know, I, I think, but but this it's got to be a cap at some point. I mean, you can't. There's so it's so deep to me, man. You know, and I'll say this one comment. I don't want to get off track. My biggest concern is long term. So you take a kid that's 20 years old, and he's making three hundred thousand dollars a year, Jake. And at 26 years old, he's out of football. He doesn't have a degree, and somebody offers him a job for sixty thousand dollars with full benefits. And what does that? I mean, do you think he he's going to be excited about doing that? Man, like, that is a good point. I have not heard anybody mention it like that. I mean, and that's where is that? Where is that kid going to be in life when at twenty years old he peaked? Because you know, I was twenty five years old and making sixty thousand dollars a year with full benefits. I thought I was living in Hollywood. You know, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You know, my I'm starting my life, but. You know, nobody's asking for your picture anymore and, and, and mental health, man. It is a real deal. I don't want to get too deep, but not that, not just that, but you develop a lifestyle and expectations and 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 you you get to a point where you're you're taking care of some people and then it's yeah. hard to take care of you know, it's hard to take care of your you know, other people when you're making seventy five grand a year. Um, you know, I mean and, and listen, I'm not saying that's a poor living or anything like that, but it's not it's not what life. you were making when you're making three times that. That's real world. And not only were you making $300,000 a year, every single meal was paid for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single housing bill was paid for. So it's a lot, it's a really slippery slope. And, and 300 uh, like, grand with no bills. God, <laughs> man, sign me with, up. With no bills. Living and like you're 20, a king. You're 20 years old. You know what I mean? And somebody's telling you, Jake, you need this protein right here. This is what you need to eat today, my man. And, uh, but it, it's a really slippery slope, but you know, what, what's, what's the long-term going to be of this? I talked to a former Georgia coach. I talked to a guy that's a longtime assistant. He is no longer in college football. He is in the NFL. And I talked to him the other day. And the first thing he said was rusty. I'm worried about these players at 24 and 25 because 99.5% of them are never going to play more than two years in the NFL. So, 
you know, it's it is what it is, man. But uh, it's just, just but getting back to the original question, Kirby Smart's going to have an opportunity to voice his his words on this, and they will not go on deaf ears. So I hope there's some changes. I hope we get this thing under control a little bit. Uh, certainly think that these kids deserve a piece of this pie because um, they, they they can't have jobs. They, they this is year round now, and everybody's wearing their jerseys and all this other stuff. So they deserve a piece of the pie, but got to find a way to uh, not hurt human beings long term. And I think we're, I think that's getting shoved to the side. Yeah, and you know one of the things I'll point out is he kind of threw himself one off the backboard this past year at SEC Media Days whenever he talked about the uh, burden of leadership and yeah. the, the burden of, you know, of speaking out. And I'm not saying he did that with that in mind, but, I mean, it's it's a good follow-up, you know, to come from that, to be able to jump in there and say, listen, we got to change some things, and change needs to come quick, uh, you know, for the betterment of the sport, for the betterment of, of the student-athlete and, and, and all of that stuff. And, listen, I, I do think that, that after um, – I do think after sitting on their hands for a long time, and I'm not just blaming the NCAA. I'm blaming the coaches and everybody, you know, the, the administrators, everybody involved. It's not just the NCAA, but after years of sitting on their hands, um, I think that the NCAA kind of got shell-shocked for a little bit. And now um, I think they're starting to come out of that and maybe try to find some, some pretty pragmatic solutions, and we'll see where it goes. But that's, that's an interesting, you know, look at – where, where this thing goes. And, and I do believe Kirby be- loves the sport of football. I mean, I, hearing him talk about some things that I haven't even really thought of in terms of the overall health of the game from the high school level and a lot of different things. Um, I, I believe he cares about it and I believe he's put a lot of thought into it. And uh, we'll see if he's able to kind of be one of those voices that gets college football back to where um, it's a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more tenable. I've said it. Somebody mentioned it. I don't know who mentioned it, but I'm, I when I heard, it, I was like, "Sign me up! I would love for Nick Saban to be a, a commissioner of college football, and and not have any dog in the fight because it carries such weight, and he knows exactly the ins and outs and what could be fixed and what what they could do, and kind of kind of need that. So uh, I'd, I'd be all for that. So uh, listen, I I don't know if we had this plan to talk about. Be be honest we with you, it. but we, we we did it. Uh, so. Yeah. Looking at that recruiting stuff and looking at where Kirby was yesterday, yeah. hey, he went and saw one of my favorite guys in this 2024 class and, and Bryce Davis. And I've 23, sorry, yeah, 2025 class. That's the, I had the hardest time moving from one class to the other when early in the year. Yeah. Um, Bryce Davis is one of my favorites. I think he, he reminds me so much of Aziz Ojolari. Um, Great comp. He's like a not, not like the 6'4, six, 6'5 six, guy, but he's long like a 6'4, six, 6'5 six, guy. Um, where do you think Georgia stands with him? Where do you think yeah, you know, yeah, they got a real chance there? Uh, obviously, yeah. Clemson's involved, and uh, Georgia got a real shot there, and they've done a good job. And he played with Jamal Jarrett, right? Yeah, yeah, same high school, Grimsley, North Carolina. Uh, I think uh, our guy that's on here sometimes with us does the uh, DGG, DGD podcast. I think he is from that 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 area and knows that area really well. And you know, from time to time, he would kind of keep me in the loop on some things up there, and. Don't see him on this morning. He'll probably watch later, but uh, he knows a lot about that situation. And and definitely there's some uh, – I think Georgia got a really good shot there, you know. And I, I love that Aziz Ojolari comparison. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out too bad for Aziz being a first-rounder. Nah, number 50 overall pick. Um, yeah, you know, second-rounder, yeah. Yeah, yeah, number 50 overall pick. I mean, top brother, 50. Brother, brother was first-round, right, BJ? I don't know. I, I, I really I, – I was thinking about that the other day. I couldn't remember where BJ went in the draft. 
Um, I will say this, though. The other guy that they went and saw, and he's far from just another guy, I think he's the next um, – I think he's the next kind of freak show tight end in this – and Kendra Harrison. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've seen that film. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. crap, man. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I, Elias Williams is is right there too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a Darnell Washington type, I think, and he's going to be yeah. a really good football player. But man, you watch Kendra Harrison on film, and that looks like a that looks like a Kyle Pitts made over. I mean, it's whoo, he's something else. And and you know, Georgia popped in to see him yesterday. Uh, I believe it was just Kirby Smart. I don't think Todd Hartley was able to make it there. There was some weather yesterday that might put some things in doubt. But um, mm-hmm. let's talk about another North Carolina guy here, real quick, David Sanders. Um, what, what about you know? Listen, I think he's another generational. I mean, I, I don't want to throw around generational. I don't want to be that guy, but yeah, I think he's an elite offensive tackle. Yeah, it reminds me reminds me of another guy from there that went to Florida, DJ Humphrey, back in the day from Mallard Creek. A little bit on the smaller side, but it's going to you know you feel confident he's going to grow into it. I don't even know if he knows how to play football just yet because when he does figure it out, it seems like it's going to be you know the limitless ceiling on that kid. His head coach is uh, Chad Greer up there, and I spent some time with Chad Greer last two summers at a football camp down in Naples. And, um, you know, he's, he just speaks volumes, you know, just how good he is. And so we got a chance to see him last year at the Under Armour camp in Carrollton. Mm-hmm. And I hope he comes back this year because I'd love to see his frame, see where he is. That's that that's the only question. Like, where is he at weight-wise? Um, and I, like you said, I don't have any concerns there. Uh, but he's obviously got to get there, and uh, he he is special now. He is special. But the one thing I'll tell you, uh, he is a major major target for Georgia. And um, but but they're also uh, they're, they're lucky that the in state crop is is just as talented this year. Yeah, uh, I believe they went and saw Jackson Cantwell out in Missouri yesterday. And Charles Power loves him. I think I think both of his parents were Olympians. And uh, Stacey Searles was out in Missouri yesterday to see him. So, uh, you know, Georgia's definitely in on some really, really good 2025s. Uh, you think Sanders could start game one? I don't think I don't think he's gonna be that type of player to start like like immediately. I think he's gonna be one of those guys that uh, you know, he plays a little bit. Kind of like Broderick Jones, you know what I mean? It took Broderick Jones a little while, and then he wind up being a like dominant. Broderick Jones or Monroe Freeling, like one of those guys that comes in and he's not probably not going to be big enough to just jump right in and play. That was the I, one thing about Andrew Thomas is Andrew Thomas was so at six five two hundred and at six five three hundred and fifteen pounds was just so ready physically to come in and and do what he did, and and the need was there too. Don't get me wrong, but tell you how rare andrew thomas is and this you'll probably never hear this one again like this andrew thomas not only started every game at georgia andrew thomas didn't get to georgia until mid-june yeah because he didn't he couldn't early enroll being right. from a private school so the odds of andrew thomas playing i remember talking to people jake you did too like during camp is like holy you know what this freshman this freshman got a chance to like play yeah and they start, they start him at right tackle and then they bumped him over after Isaiah win. Uh, but but that is so, so rare to start day one. Uh, and Georgia's really not built like that. But David Sanders could come to Georgia, and I would not be shocked if he doesn't. He's not a very, very good player and a high-level draft pick. But if you're asking 
could he start game one? Don't 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 see that type of you know, he's not six seven and a half, three fifty right now. He's probably six six and a half. 265, 270, and we'll see where he is uh, here in a couple of weeks. Broderick Jones is a good one there, too. I mean, that's that's kind of that, you know, that needing a year. Um, you know, Monroe Freeland came in early and and he did put on some weight between spring and summer, got himself in a position to to jump in and play. Um, I, I it listen, like you said, it all kind of all depends on where he's at right now. If you're sitting there and he's like 280, 285, maybe he does come in and get himself ready to play, you know, fairly young, but listen. Andrew, I don't think we're going to see an Andrew Thomas. I, I can't remember anybody since that arrived in June as a true freshman and, and started. And it may not, be a long not, time before we see somebody at, do it again. Not at, not at Georgia. Yeah. Not it at may Georgia. be a long time before we see somebody do that again at Georgia. Um, it's odds, odds that, that is hard. That odds is very, that. very difficult. 100%. Very slim. I, I, can't, I can't even remember the last guy who arrived in, I, I guess, Dylan Bell. What you know? Didn't he? Yeah, he Dylan Bell arrived in the uh, in the summer and and contributed. Well, yeah, I mean now, like Nate Frazier and all those guys, they'll be at Georgia in mid-May. Uh, but but Pace Academy being a private school, Andrew Thomas, they weren't done until like second week in June. So okay, he, you know he he most of those of the kids that came in with him, you know those guys were there, you know. Those I think it was was he in DeAndre Swell's class? Like those guys were, you know, if yeah. you come you come in late, you're still in there, you know, mid-May. They move you in before Memorial Day. Uh-huh. This guy was even like three weeks later than all of them. I think I remember thinking, is I mean, you just ride him off for a while. But I did see him at the Army All American Bowl that year. And that's when we bumped him up big time. We should have made him a five star. I think he was 33. We should have made him a five star. And there was so much discussion there. Um, and, and, you know, but it is what it is, but we bumped him up a ton, but like that week at army all American game, he, he, he was, he was a freak. Now he was on one that could block the, uh, kid from Miami, Jalen, uh, the defensive end and wind up being a first rounder Phillips, Jalen Phillips. Yes. Yeah. He, I mean, nobody on that West team could block him. And I remember we went to a meeting one day. I said, why don't we have a combo practice? So on the fly, the next day, we brought the D line and O line from the West over to the East practice. Yeah. And I remember Andrew Thomas flat out stoning him about three times. I remember looking at Barton Simmons. I, I went to Barton. I said, yeah, and Barton just kind of laughed, but yeah, that dude, that dude was freak, man. Yeah. I looked it up. Dylan Bell actually arrived in on May 31st and listen, he didn't start, but, but I mean, he was a contributor. That's that's it's tough enough to to do yeah. you know that type you know a thing. So you start talking about starting fifteen games as a true freshman after only arriving, you know, kind of in the summer. That's that's just that's kind of ridiculous. It makes it that much more offensive line. Yeah, played national championship game. Think about that. One guy that's already made it on campus for the twenty twenty four class. I, I don't know. He's one of twenty two guys that have made it on campus already. Oh, is uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye and Rusty after some rankings updates? This man's a five star. Uh, all of a sudden, Georgia signed another five-star on the defensive line, and uh, there's no shortage of buzz about about this kid. And, and he's uh, – I want to remind everybody, I know I harp on it. He just turned 17 in November. So less than two months ago, this cat was 16 years old. He won't turn 18 until almost the end of his regular season at Georgia. I believe it's November the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. So that regular season is going to wrap up this year, and he still won't be 18 years old. He still can't buy cigarettes. So most high schools in Georgia, 
and let me say this without singling anybody out, most high-profile schools in Georgia, if they had somebody like that, he would be a he would be a rising junior because he would have got held back at least once. Yeah, at least once. But but with that with that time frame in the state of Georgia, as long as you turn nineteen after May the first, you can play your senior year in Georgia. So that guy, he could actually be, he could have two more years of high school in Georgia. <laughs> so it's nuts, man. But, uh, and, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of buzz about him. And, and, and certainly, uh, Chris Cole got a five star as well from rivals. Yeah. Is that right? So you look at him. Both, of, about- both of them did. I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna, you know, get all dip all into the rivals rankings for them or anything. I want to folks to maybe go around and look for where it came from. Um, That's- Okay. But but yeah, two. I mean, you picked up two two five stars from other outlets. That's pretty impressive. Think about Glenn Schumann uh, signed two five star linebackers in this class. Yeah, so, I mean, and and they got it and got a got a great shot at Zayden Walker, twenty twenty five from Sly County. Uh, and and one of those linebackers is Joseph Jonah Johnye's, uh teammate, Justin Williams. Yeah. And like I told Roos the other night, I can't. I like you talk to you talk to people who who. You talk to people who are in the building. You talk to people who talk to people in the building, and you talk to people who are just kind of close to the program. They're hearing buzz. I, people will not shut up about this kid, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. Man, Justin Williams has impressed some folks and made some fans at Georgia already, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I harp on you know. I, I remember doing a shooting a segment with DJ Shockley, and DJ, damn good dog, and uh, does his thing in Atlanta. But I, he kind of depends on me. Like, give me, give me the next guy. Give me, show me some tape. So we're sitting around in the studio, and I show him Justin Williams' tape, and he goes, "Oh my god!" And I said, "Yeah, DJ." And then, by the way, this kid's top ten in his class academically. Yeah. He's like, "What?" And then, dude, like this guy is is a he's he. You look at him, and you look at today's game, and you look at Chris Cole, who's one of the fastest hurdlers in America, and you start thinking about these guys that. Um, it's just different game, man. Being able to run sideline to sideline, you get stretched out. You got to be able to cover two two guys that played a couple of D, a couple of years of DB in high school. Correct, correct. Yeah, I didn't realize the other day until Nate Frazier came to modern day in 2022 as a DB. They had two running backs get hurt. He talks them into putting them at running back a little bit, and a year later, he's the number one running back in America. Think about that. He's next Robert Edwards, man. I th- that's what I'm hearing. Ooh. That's what I when you talk right there. That's what makes me think of think yeah. of how it goes, dude. I'll never forget. I remember uh, coming up to my first Georgia game in 1995, season opener against South Carolina. We're on the way, and I asked my dad. Just happened to ask me, say, "Hey, who's Georgia's running back?" Because I, I just I'd remembered Garrison Hurst, and I wasn't into reading it at the time. I was only 12 years old, yeah. and I, I, you know, Garrison Hurst was my was the guy who brought me in. You know, like really wrote me into watching Georgia football. And I said, "Hey, who's Georgia's running back?" He goes, "They they moved a cornerback. Robert Edwards is the is the running back." And then, well, I got an introduction that day. Um, we got we ended up having a hard time parking. Uh, I got stuck in traffic in Watkinsville and took got there about midway through the first quarter and and still got to see Robert Edwards score five touchdowns. So I tell you how old I am and how long I followed it and how sick I am at times. Things I remember. So with Georgia's 1993 recruiting class, guys that wind up being seniors in 97, those guys, um, 
Georgia was in on Julian Pittman and Andre Cooper, two five stars from Florida, a wide receiver and a defensive lineman. And, you know, back then all the decisions came down to the last day on the five stars. That's where that's where recruiting was insane. Well, Florida State gets them both. So you're sitting there at 11 a.m. on signing day and you got two scholarships left. And Georgia offered Robert Edwards, who was going to Georgia Southern, who wound up being a first round draft pick. And then they offered Brandon Tolbert, who was committed to Hawaii uh, as a DB, who wound up being all SEC and playing three or four years in the NFL. Think about those, think about those decisions and things that happened there. Um, you know, that because I didn't get two other kids, a couple of guys that were on the back burners, you know, from the state of Georgia, they wind up offered them on the on the day of signing day. Y'all to hear Robert tell the story. Brandon talbert has got a great story. The only reason he didn't sign with Hawaii that morning is because of the time change. He was going to sign with Hawaii at like four o'clock that afternoon. Georgia calls at like noon. They go get Brandon out of class, ask him, Did you sign any paperwork? He's like, No. What's going on? He ain't heard from George in a month. They're like, we got, what do you, you talk to your parents? They call his parents, offer scholarship, kids sign with George. So that's crazy how that stuff unfolds. And it's still, and, and listen, they're still equivalent to stories these days. I mean, I, I from what I understand, and I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but you know, there was a thing with Javon Bullard and, and Kamari Lasseter in their respect, in their in that class where I don't know that Georgia was sold always on taking both of them. I think they had to make some tough decisions on who to take and who not to take and ended up taking both of them. And God, that worked out real well. So, uh, you know, you look at, you know, some of the things that have happened in terms of taking other players and, um, oh, man, it's just, there's so many what ifs out there. So many what ifs. So, hey, set the stage for us for the weekend before we let everybody go. What's what's going on this weekend? Any, any, uh, not necessarily you know specific names, but anybody planning be in town? Terry I mean, what's Terry, going on? Terry, Terry Bussey is the OV this weekend. And okay, that's, that's the last 2024 uh, kid that Georgia's really recruiting, and um, you know he's a five star committed to Texas A&M. You know we reported Monday night that they were in home with him. He'd be on campus this weekend, and you know it's going to be a hard pull, but. With Georgia investing so much time in him this late, obviously they think they have a chance. Um, you know, Dante Williams coming over from USC had a relationship with him. T. Rob knew him a little bit, from what I understand. So they, they're they're carrying that over. Glenn Schumann was out. You know, Glenn Schumann's from originally from that area, Houston, Texas, where he went to high school. So a lot of connections there for Georgia in that area. Uh, they've already signed two players out of that area this this class you know, with with Joseph and and, and Justin Williams. So they're going to take a swing on him. We'll see. Obviously, I think the next couple of things we're going to follow will be the uh, Terry Bussey official visit. And then next weekend, we get into uh, an unofficial visit, a multi-day unofficial visit for Juju Lewis, the 2025 quarterback now out of Carrollton. Yeah, I've been seeing um, – honestly, I don't have like a, a good beat on it, but I've been seeing – the first of next month as a date for a lot of different guys. Um, you know, I've seen February, you know, you start seeing those graphics that on three puts up. If you're not following them on Twitter, do so same for the uh, dogs HQ account, but you see that a lot on, on Twitter is that February 3rd, Georgia. Um, so a lot, you know, that next weekend is going to be a pretty big yeah, one. Guy. That's it too. That's dead period. So the whole month of February is dead. So Georgia likes to get them on campus first. Remember two mm -hmm. weeks ago, they had a big junior day. Mm -hmm. and then they try to get them, you know, on that last weekend. Um, but Kirby doesn't do those deals where you have 100 kids. He, he, those those cattle shows, that those are over. 
they try to get 20 kids at a time they can show attention to really dig in, get to meet those kids, make sure they have a good time. And then they'll do another one in a couple of weeks. Yep. And, uh, listen, that Terry Bussey visit, uh, visit's going to be an interesting one to follow. Uh, Julian Humphrey is another guy from that area too. So Georgia has some guys to kind of get in there and mix it up with him and, and, uh, and, and kind of have some familiarity and we'll have it covered for you. We'll be back with you on Sunday. Um, basketball, basketball. Oh yeah. Well, I guess we do need to talk a little hoops, man. Four and two in the SEC, fourteen and five, I think now. Um, yeah. Yep. Hey, that Georgia plays at Florida on 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 Saturday at noon. Um, I tell you what, they win that game Saturday. Find a way. That it's Alabama, on. That Alabama game next Wednesday night in Athens. Will yeah. Be, that that'll be rocking, and I think this is the best start for Georgia since 2016, and uh, Mike White. Doing a great job. I'm not going to sit here and try to be the basketball expert, but the one thing I can tell you when you watch them is, man, they play defense and they they will they'll get after you, and that's something you hadn't seen in a long, long time. So they adjusted last night. Like last night, LSU was getting open looks, and Georgia started running them off the off the three point line a lot better. Um, I don't know exactly what went into it. I just know that the three point shooting for LSU kind of ticked down. Georgia started defending that better. Russell Chiwa came up with a massive play. So- that's last a big, night, the big dude, man. Yeah, Georgia hadn't had that. I can't even tell you how long. Like that dude is so big in person. And uh, well, we'll mention one thing, not kind of out of our wheelhouse, but it's just fascinating to me. Uh, LSU and South Carolina playing women's basketball tonight. They're doing a game day show from there. It's the highest ticket price in the history of girls basketball. They were going for amazing. Glad they, were going, they were going for like eighteen hundred yesterday. I looked this morning; they're like nine hundred apiece. This morning. Wow. I mean, oh, ma- master's tickets almost. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Good for them, man. That's what I'm saying. That'd be yeah. Baton Rouge would be rocking tonight with that, that rematch. Yeah, absolutely. That that's gonna be a lot of fun, man. A lot of star power on the court, a lot of star power with the coaches yeah, on the man. court in that one. One thing I do want to point out about Georgia basketball, and again, Palmer is more of our expert. He's the one boots on the ground there. Man, one thing I loved about Georgia last night is they didn't play their best game and found a way to win. But in the first half, it was Silas Demery who kind of carried the team, put the team on his back for a stretch and got Georgia back, got Georgia a lead when it had fallen down five, six points. And then the second half, Russell Chiwa took over with not just scoring points, but, you know, going and taking a ball, you know, going and hustle play, saving a pass from going out of bounds. I mean, they they do it with different guys, different weeks. I mean, uh, uh, Jabri Abdul-Rahim scores 34 against Kentucky in a loss and then comes back and struggles bad last night. George still finds a way to win. Um, mm-hmm. Mike White's done a really good job, man. It's, I mean, I, if, if his team keeps trending up, I think he'll look back at his career whenever it's over and think about maybe this is one of the best coaching jobs he's ever done um, and a guy that can, you know, flat do it. So the, the Bulldogs are on a good pace here. And uh, i tell you what, I, I said it yesterday, a 2-0 and week this week would go a long way for Georgia basketball, because I think projections in the next couple of days are going to have the dogs in the tournament um, right, and, and they need right to stay on. there. They're right on it. So what we need to do is let Palmer cover all the regular season games. And when, when we find out Georgia's playing like Madison yeah. Square, me and you need to make sure yeah, that we're, that's we're, what's we're, happening. Yeah. We're, rep- we're representing uh, this product and our company. So, Bomber, keep it up, man, and get get this team in the tournament so me and Jake can go cover a tournament game. That's right, especially if it's somewhere nice. If it's uh, if they go to Madison Square Garden, I'm gonna need to be there. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, go get some pizza in Brooklyn. All right, y'all, y'all take it easy. We'll be back with you on Sunday with the Georgia Show. Have a good one.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.